0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm your host, your master of ceremonies, Jimmy Cook, on a Saturday night from the Circle. We got plenty to talk about, including the Colts' schedule, who won the GMR Grand Prix, and more. But first, it's time to go to the star of the show with our first scoreboard update of the evening. It's Network Indiana's James Adams.
1: Thank you, Jimmy. It is great to be with you here in downtown Indianapolis on the beautiful Monument Circle. Parker, it's also good to be with you as well. We have got a lot to get through tonight. Like Jimmy said, we have the results of the GMR Grand Prix. I've got some highlights, some driver interviews as well to get to. Also have some Major League Baseball scores, maybe some hockey, and maybe even a little bit of Colts audio. We'll see. Starting with racing, you know it's 500 season when it's time for the GMR Grand Prix on the IMS Road Course taking the checkered flag today was Alex Pillow for Chip Ganassi Racing. Now, that win also gives Pillow the IndyCar Series points lead. Coming in second place was Pato O'Ward, and at third place was Alexander Rossi. Fourth, Christian Lungard, and fifth fifth was Felix Rosenquist. Sixth place, Scott Dixon. Seventh, Joseph Newgarden. Eighth, Marcus Erickson. Ninth, Colton Herta, And tenth, Graham Rahal. That is your top ten for the GMR Grand Prix of Indianapolis. Some baseball Scores real quick. The Kansas City Royals are tied three to three with the Milwaukee Brewers at the bottom of the eighth. The Houston Astros are tied one to one with the Chicago White Sox at the top of the eighth. And the San Diego Padres are down two to four to the Los Angeles Dodgers. I'm James Adams.
0: Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk and a pleasant good evening to you. As I mentioned, I'm your host, Jimmy Cook. Very happy to be back on these airwaves in the big chair for the coach Bob Lovell. Not quite yet the summer season for the coach. Just happy to be filling in for him this weekend and plenty to get to. We're going to take a deeper dive into Alex Pelo's dominant win today over on the road course at IMS to take the GMR Grand Prix. Mark James is going to join us. The voice of the IndyCar network. He's going to take some time with us around 10.06. So just after the top of next hour, we'll get his thoughts on that. And obviously the last race, before we really dive headfirst into the final home stretch, if you will, over these next two weeks before the greatest spectacle in racing takes over the Speedway, of course, the Indianapolis 500. So we'll get to that. Also, a pivotal week potentially in the history of the Pacers franchise with the NBA Draft Lottery coming up on Tuesday night. Uh, in case you've been under a rock perhaps for the past year and you haven't you know, got your beak wet a little bit, in draft prospects for this coming draft in June on the NBA. And I get it. Maybe you're looking at that like, whoa, Jay Cook, I just got through the NFL draft. I don't need to be diving into a whole nother sports class of prospects. Well, you do because it's very pivotal. And again, back to that whole living under a rock thing. Victor Wembenyama is the prize, the international sensation from Francais looking to make his mark and potentially be the second coming of, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, any great you want to name. This this kid, again, has the wingspan of somebody that you would make in a lab or, if you're, or a video game player, perhaps listening tonight. It is the modern player you would make in 2K, just a massive, massive, big freak of nature that can also do it all as a point guard. A generational type talent is the word that's used around him. And again, you got to Finally, do it in the association to get the full praise you deserve. But the hype is very real. The Pacers' chances at that not great. They didn't quite have as rough as rough of a season as those that were in the Wembenyama hopefuls amongst the Pacers fan base would have liked. But they have a chance. You're telling me there's a chance? Indeed, we are. We'll talk with Tony East around the corner for a larger segment over the course of of two segments in our 9 o'clock hour of the show. Get his perspective on that as well. Uh, Derek Schultz will dabble in all of those things, plus a conversation on the Indianapolis Colts. Now that the official schedule was released last week, we'll get a look at perhaps where you could drop Anthony Richardson in as a starter. Whether or not he goes week one or not remains to be seen. Uh, Kevin Bowen will also join us at 1075thefan.com as well as Kevin and Query. You hear him 7 to 10... On our sister station, the 11 o'clock hour, we'll get some minor league baseball in there as well. But I want to dabble in quickly here for just a second on the Colts, and we'll expand on this a little bit as the show goes on. But now that the schedule has been released, you really get to have fair debate, if you will, about when Anthony Richardson should be dropped in to this starting lineup. By that, I mean, you can take a look and Super Sim in your head or on paper, if you will, what this team's going to look like over certain stretches and where the best place to potentially drop him in would be. Now, for me, if it is a case, and, and I do believe this is the case, that Anthony Richardson, all things considered, as a product, is the highest tested athlete that the NFL's ever seen that has a cannon for an arm and that can do it with his legs, but the accuracy issues are a concern and something that you need to fine tune and fix his mechanics. If that's all it is, and it's a matter of he's 20 years old and he has only 13 starts under his belt, if that's the main flag against him, then you start in week one. There's not a conversation about, all breaking him or putting him out there too soon. If the coaching staff, if Shane Steichen, if Jim Bob Cooter look at him and they say, you know what, no, this is a guy that can process plays at a high level, that has great memorization skills, that is able to dissect defenses, at least from the mental side of things, then it's repetition that he needs and you start him week one. That's going to be a deeper evaluation that the Colts are going to have to have over the next four or five months as we lead into things like training camp, like the preseason, like the eventual start of the NFL season. But if it is merely a repetition game for him where that's what he's missing the most, the mental aspect of his game is fine-tuned and clean enough that all he needs is reps and the ability to make mistakes and put things on film to learn from, you start in week one. If you're in another camp, well, we're going to dive in to that other camp a little bit later in the show, looking at where might be a good spot to place him for his first NFL start, if not week one, based on that NFL schedule release. So we'll dive into that a little bit later. Also, we'll look further around the corner on the Indiana Pacers. Like I mentioned, this is potentially a franchise-changing moment for them on Tuesday night. What would it mean, and what do they do if they don't hit the Victor Women Yama Lottery? Tony East of Sports Illustrated and Locked On Pacers joins us next on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Jimmy Cook coming to you from the circle in downtown Indianapolis. We mentioned Tuesday is a potential Pivotal moment for the Indiana Pacers franchise as they find out if they win the Victor Women, excuse me, the NBA Draft Lottery for 2023. There's a great website called Tankathon. You can just... Go to that site, press Sim Lottery, and find out what happens for the Pacers. They started at seven, and they stayed at seven based on that simulation I just did. Uh, Tony East joins us. I'm sure he's been to that website and played that game many a time. Uh, Tony, any seances done tonight? Any any prayer circles, la- lighting candles? <laughs> what, what are we doing to try to to wish the uh, Victor Wembanyama Sweekstakes to Cambridge Fieldhouse?
2: I went to Yard House, and I am walking <laughs> in the rain back from Yard House. So I am taking one for the team. Dealing with the weather so that everyone else can enjoy the, uh, as you say, Team Ping for Victor Lumbanyama next week. <laughs> any, any singing in the rain to this
0: point, or are we just walking?
2: <laughs> no singing, just walking. Uh, I, I don't have a good singing song, but I walked right past you, Jimmy, so yeah let it let it be heard Jimmy wanted me to be wet and on the phone instead
0: I'll blame James or Parker for not letting you inside the studio and making <laughs> you take this call uh, outside but uh, but but all jokes aside Tony uh, we're gonna dive into this over the course of two segments uh, and obviously this will be a faster paced one of the two but when you look at the idea of the pacers winning the lottery, not what Wenminyama would do for the team, but winning the lottery. Where does that rank in terms of moments for the franchise if that happens?
2: Uh, it's in the top, let's see. I mean, conference finals appearance and the and lottery are probably pretty close. So, top five probably. I mean, they have the four conference finals appearances, the one actual finals appearance. I mean, especially in this lottery in particular, I would think it's in the top five to ten moments just given – the magnitude of what it could mean. I mean, he Victor Mbanyama just could be one of the best players in the league very quickly, and for a Pacers team that's on the ascent and hasn't had any success now for a decade in terms of the postseason, it, it'd be huge for them. It'd be, it'd be. I don't know if top five sounds top so like extreme when I say it out loud, but I, I don't think it's far-fetched to say that.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, with the hype that's around him, I, I wouldn't argue with you. I mean, m- maybe the the more hardcore diehard values games more type of fan would say, okay, yeah, maybe the five or outside the honorable mention. But, yeah, I don't think it's that ridiculous. Tony East joining us of Locked On Pacers in Sports Illustrated covering the Pacers. Tony, we got about two minutes or so left in this first segment with you. So looking at where the Pacers could go if – Let's let's go a different direction. How deep is this draft outside of Wimbanyama? Again, about two minutes here.
2: Yeah, Scoot Henderson looks great. Brandon Miller looks really good, although, of course, you're going to have to really dive into the, the interviews with him. Um, but those two look like, you know, the top three looks great. The most of our talks are kind of four through five or six is kind of a, a, a tier A, and then seven through nine is a tier B of the guys at that top three. So, still pretty good like the top nine in general is better than your average top nine but certainly a prize at the top with henderson who would be number one in some years and miller who was awesome as everybody knows at alabama this season tony
0: uh, less than a minute here so i know this is quick i'm going to let you expand on it again in our next segment of those names you just mentioned would you say they all or only a handful of them would fit within what the pacers need if they don't get out on Wimbanyama.
2: Yeah, Tyrese Halbert was so good and malleable that I think anybody could fit with him. Henderson, I think, would fit the worst, right? He had the ball all the time for the G League Ignites this past season, but truly, I think any of them would fit with Halbert. in terms of Halbert, Nembhard, Mather, and their whole scheme, I think Henderson, there'd be some questions, but everybody at least fits to an extent given their talent level.
0: Well, that's what you want whenever you are a team that's in the bottom of the lottery. You want to be able to think that wherever you pick, you have an opportunity to get a player that's going to improve your rebuild. Obviously, there's generational talent though on the board. If you wind up with that number one overall pick, Tony, we're gonna we're gonna have you step aside for just a second. We're gonna step aside with you and then extend this uh, here in about five or about three or four minutes. Okay. Sweet. That is Tony East, locked on Pacers. We we'll back to dive in in a longer conversation, but first we got a scoreboard update from Network Indiana's own James Adams. A lot happened today, including the GMR Grand Prix. Stay with us.
1: We have got some NHL playoff action right now. Western Conference the second round game 6 Dallas is leading the series 3 to 2 but it looks like we're going to get ourselves a game 7. Right now the Seattle Kraken are up 5 to 3 over the Dallas Stars. Going back to baseball, bottom of the 6th inning, it is the San Francisco Giants in Arizona to take on the Diamondbacks. Right at, right now it is t- all tied up at 1 to 1. Top of the 5th, the Phillies, they are taking on the Colorado Rockies in Colorado. Right now the Phillies are up Four to three. Looking back at the Kansas City Royals, they are still tied up three to three with the Milwaukee Brewers. The White Sox have now taken a three-to-one lead over the Astros. That is in the top of the ninth inning. L- earlier today. The, Ra- the Tampa Bay Rays took on the New York Yankees in New York. The Yankees overcame a six-run deficit. They won that game 9-8. The Rays were up 6 to nothing in the fifth off of a Yandy Diaz grand slam. Wander Franco also got home for the Rays. The comeback began for the Yankees in the fifth when Kyle Higashioka hit a two-run home run. Aaron Judge would also get a pair of two-run homers as well. The Rays would attempt a comeback of their own. They would score twice in the seventh but they would come up just short. The Rays now stand on the season at 30 and 11. The Yankees are 23 and 18. I'll have more scores coming up in the next 15 minutes for Network Indiana Sports. I'm James Adams. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I am Jimmy Cook. A lot of Colts, a
0: lot of Pacers news. That is the ever- that is the ever-growing beast that is the 24-7 sports cycle. It doesn't matter if you're the NFL and you're dominating pretty much every single day of the week, 365, or if, the, or if you're the NBA or the NBA playoffs are still fully unfolding and also are giving you an opportunity to hit a lottery that will then give you the opportunity in, uh, let me check my notes, oh yeah, a month's time to potentially make some picks that will change the future of your franchise. Tony East is back with us. Here on Indiana Sports Talk, you can find his work on Locked On Pacers as well as on Sports Illustrated. Additionally, he also covers the Indiana Fever, their season about to get underway next week. But we first begin back with the Indiana Pacers. And, Tony, I know we talked a little bit about what the Pacers would be getting in Victor Wembanyama if it happens. And I get it. I know I'm entertaining a pipe dream here. I, I understand that I probably have a <laughs> a better chance of, of getting – $100,000 on a scratch off from my local 7-Eleven. Okay, I get that, but a kid can still dream, so let's paint the picture for a second. Let's say they hit the lottery on Tuesday night. You're going to be there, and Tyrese Halliburton's doing fist bumps uh, all, all the way around <laughs> when they when they hit, hit that lottery because he knows what this team's going to look like with him and Wembenyama over the next decade, but for those that don't know, what would this team look like if Victor Wembenyama is at Gambridge Fieldhouse?
2: Yeah, this, the, watching him in the French league is just unbelievable. I mean, he's it, he, even starting there when he was 16, but 17, 18, 19 now. That's of the league already, right? And that's a the England league. It's one of the best leagues that isn't the NBA in the entire world. And what stands out is he's just an absolutely ridiculous defensive player, right? Like he can, because he's so long, right? Seven foot four. His wingspan's insane. Like he can cover any shot. He can defend. if he can roll. He can. Guard guys on the perimeter and his stride length is so long that he can stay with anybody. So the defense is going to be the thing that is the most talked about. But obviously, when you're that tall, right, you just do a one-dribble move and all of a sudden you've created space to shoot over anybody because your arms are so long, right? Like, he can really do anything. And his shot doesn't look super accurate, but a lot of these Europeans, like even Luka Doncic, his final season before coming to the NBA, he shot 30% from three. Like, a lot of times if their shot looks good, it ends up translating. Like, it looks like he could literally – do everything. The questions will always be there about his frame and what happens to these big guys over years and years in the NBA. But it looks like he could be one of the best two-way prospects uh, like of all time. He's phenomenal.
0: Tony, we are both in agreement. This part's just a yes or no to a lead into another question. We're both in agreement that a wing that can play both sides of the floor is what's really missing from this team, correct? Well, yes, yes. Okay, so that being said, when you look at what would be on the table if Wembenyama is not coming to Indiana, and we have that never-running debate of do you go for the biggest need you have or do you go for best available player off the board? What type of decision and ultimately what do you think would be the right call for the Pacers when they look at what else is available for them? Assuming they're, let's just say for the sake of argument, in the top five. that Let's say they're fifth. They move up two spots.
2: I'm usually in the best player available, always camp, and if it turns out that you've got two guys who have identical skill sets or something like that, you just figure it out later. That said, if they, you know, the way they were talking at the end of the season, Halbert and McConnell, Carlisle, Pritchard, all saying something to the effect of, we want to be better, we're going to look different, we're going to make the playoffs, right? If that's your goal, it is really important, right? You need a team that makes sense and can be good. So, yeah, they're early in a rebuild, and their three core, if you will, guys with a lot of years left are 24, 23, and 21, but if that's the start of your team that you would like to be good next year, you might have to consider fit, right? Can the rookie you pick be a guy that can give you 20 productive minutes a night and plug some holes on the wing or at the four spot? Or do you want to pick the best player left? then just hope that two years from now your team is even better than the level you could have reached this year. But right? that's kind of the decision there. I usually am the best player available guy, but I think that they'll kind of consider both just given the direction they might be headed.
0: When you look at the carcass right now that is the Golden State Warriors, they get bounced in six games last night to the Los Angeles Lakers. They're out, they're done, and the write-ups have already been happening over the last 24 hours that it's curtains, the dynasty's over, great run, enjoy yourself uh, back over to the Bay Area. If there is a blow-up there, is there anything that would intrigue you or a phone call that you might make if you were in that front office for what the Warriors might transform into and what the Pacers could maybe pick off the carcass, so to speak?
2: Yeah, it's interesting, right? If they keep their big three, uh, then you have to think they'll try to either clear some salary or trade their young guys for some maybe more capable vets. And if so, yeah, Jonathan Kaminga is the guy that I feel like the Pacers just have to try to to poach in some way, right? He went seventh, I believe, in the year they picked Chris Duarte and had a really good close to the regular season for Golden State, but for some reason just never got on the floor in the postseason. And for a team that has title aspirations, like if they retain Steph, they're signaling that they – Title aspirations, they need players who can play in the playoffs, right? And so, if they can move Kaminga for someone who can help them in the postseason, I think they would consider it. And the Pacers should absolutely look to him to me. He's awesome, he fits exactly what they need, and was again a really talented player for a lot of stretches last season. So, he'd be a guy that I would look at there. Everyone else I kind of feel like would either be not the best fit with the Pacers or is a little older, but uh, Moses Moody's a guy I loved in that draft as well, who went one pick after the Pacers pick. He, Is a little more guardy than wing, but he's also talented. So if they could squeeze him away, I mean, any any of these young guys that the Warriors might look to trade for Vets, I think the Pacers would be lucky to have. Tony
0: East with us of Locked On Pacers and Sports Illustrated here on Indiana Sports Talk. Tony, about a minute and 40 so if we get to another Pacers question, great but if not, well, that's the risk I'm running because I want to go national with you. Uh, The Suns apparently decided that it was not a depth issue, a chemistry issue, or a DeAndre Ayton issue that cost them against the Nuggets this year in the playoffs. Uh, Monty Williams out. Mark Stein now reporting that according to league sources, they're trying to explore options to lure Ty Lue away from the clippers uh what's going on there why, why did that happen in your mind
2: that's i mean that's to me the new owner syndrome right ishpia takes over in phoenix and you know immediately seeing a disappointing result i think he wants to get someone that he can air quotes consider his guy right and you now monty is a great coach got them to the finals and i think he's one of the better coaches in the nba but results matter and i think they had expectations that were higher than their last two seasons and both of their elimination losses were just flat out completely embarrassing on their home court right i'm not surprised again especially with a new owner coming in who's gonna want to shake things up right if you trade for kevin Durant, you've got high expectations and tyler is a a master i think that'd be a good choice if they could pull it off but i'm a little surprised to see williams go but i'm not surprised given the entire context of the sun where they're headed
0: tony appreciate as always my friend thank you so much for making some time for us today
2: of course, Jimmy, take care.
0: That's Tony East. You can follow him at Tony R. East, locked on Pacers for Sports Illustrated. Also covers the Indiana Fever. Still to come. A look at the GMR Grand Prix. Alex Plow wins it. Mark James will bring us up to speed on Indiana Sports Talk.